Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. We're back after a short break and we've got two corkers to relive. In Brighton, Chupo and Zuma reignite their famous dance, but the home sides twice waltz through the Stoke defence to rescue a point for the Seagulls. And it's a dark day for the Potters at the Palace, where we see Shaq go with a low blow against a familiar foe, but we're crap and slow at the back though. And oh no, it's a late show from Sacco. Will we give Mark the sack though? Does our woe mean the schmo should go... Is there a pro who'd spend some dough and help us grow? I don't know. I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Hello there, Dave. Nice and intro. It's a wel- Thank you. That was definitely way too ambitious for this time in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. I think you did Ozymandias once and that was pretty ambitious. Yes. Uh, and it's a welcome back to the podcast for Dave Crowther Green. How are you doing, Dave? I'm all right. I'm all right. We all sound a bit dejected, lads. I wonder why that could be. <laughs> Because <laughs> football's well, rubbish, isn't it? Like football is bloody awful. I hate it. It's also really early in the morning for me. So bloody, yeah, well, welcome student. to the podcast. <laughs> I don't even know if you are a student, Dave. I've, I've probably just yeah, yeah. It's a bit early for me at the moment as a student. Right, um, Chris. The first question I've got written down here is: How bad are things really? <sighs> they're they're worse than bad, Dave. They're badder. Um, they oh, it's just flipping rubbish isn't it like i think it's safe to say that we are fully in a relegation battle um which i don't know for all our trying to i don't know like brush over it and be like no i think we'll be fine there are a lot of worse teams actually i'm not sure if there is like on paper we're a good team but we're we're just wow it's so bad um yesterday's match against palace was just it was frustrating more than anything um it's just been one of those weeks where I'm 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 fed up. I'm fed up of seeing uh, the same orders come out, and it's um, yeah, dejected is the word that you use to describe us. But that is that is just how it feels. It's absolutely rubbish at the moment. Mm. Would you go along with uh, us being in a relegation battle, Dave? Uh, I think we've got probably one more week. I feel we need to write off the Liverpool game in the week because God knows what's going to happen there. But. Swansea at the weekend now becomes arguably the biggest game of the season and that's in what December and it's quite highlighting that we've got to this point and it's only December and we're already talking like we're one of the relegation teams I don't feel like that's something a team of our ability should be talking about at this point in the season but um, like Chris said are there worse teams than us because we are losing to the so-called worse teams than we are and uh, will that I don't. I don't know. They just. It doesn't feel like there is worse teams than we are. And I think the game against Swansea. If 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 we lose to both Palace and Swansea, do we then become one of those so-called worst teams that other teams will be looking at in the league, thinking, well, if we beat them, we're not going to go down. And I think that's the point that we're at. And I think by default now, we're probably going to be in the relegation battle. Now, this was supposed to be a, a run of winnable fixtures for us after Man City. We said we've got Bournemouth, Watford, Leicester, Brighton, Palace. <laughs> we've got five points from those five games. Let me just count them again. Yeah, one, yep. two, three, four, five. Yes, we've got five points from Bournemouth, Watford, Leicester, Brighton, Palace. That is 
damn near relegation form. That mm-hmm. now you you could also say like we've gone three unbeaten in that stretch of five it, games, but, but we we pissed up Brighton, which we'll no doubt go on to by not going for it. We clung on against Watford. We were appalling against Bournemouth, and we we clawed our way back into it against Leicester, mm-hmm. and. In none of those games have we looked remotely convincing. And <laughs> go yeah, on. That, 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 that's the thing, though. That's the thing. Like you can, as much as the club and whoever want to <laughs> maintain that we had an unbeaten run, just watch the games because it's poor. We are poor at football. <laughs> we are. It, it's not even like you can see uh, sprouts of, of positive things that will grow. It's we are we are so bad at pretty much everything I mean the only shining light we have in this team is Shakiri at the moment yeah. we are uh, Shakiri at the moment we're Jude and Shakiri FC <laughs> god uh, uh, Bunny from Duckmouth tweeted last night if Shaq gets injured we are so going down I mean yeah. it's scary how much we rely on it we knew he would have to step up when Arnie left and he has done that but now it's a case where he is the only guy who's, who's, who's doing anything yeah. I mean like we've got good players, as you said, Dave. It's not a terrible squad at all. We've got good players in, but for some reason, <coughs> arguably the best collection of centre halves we've ever had in the Premier League. Mm. It just looks like the fucking dog and duck. It's <laughs> it's crazy that eighteen million pounds was spent on Kevin Vimmer. Shawcross has been our best defender this season. He's still there. Bruno Martins Indy, eight million quid isn't getting a look in. Zuma, who's really highly rated and we, someone we like, he just looks lost at the moment as well. What the <laughs> hell goes on with our defence? What the... Just... It's on the training ground, right? You've got Kevin Vimmer, Austrian International, Ryan Shawcross, club legend. Bruno Martins indeed played at a World Cup. Kurt Zuma, one of the most highly talked about young players at Chelsea. And we, they get on the training ground. What do they do? Right, we're going to play a back three on Saturday. Um, uh, so just kind of stand in a line. I that must be that must be the most disheartening like message to get on the Friday. Oh, all right, lads, we're going to play the back three again. What must go through their minds? Because obviously they know it's not working as well. They must just think, oh, why? Like, surely they want a change of direction as well. The thing, the thing is with the back, the back three system. I genuinely, genuinely feel it's a system that can work, but you have to have the players to play it. We don't have the wing backs. Like it's a system that relies on wing backs. And yesterday, yeah, we said this. We said that we, we say said this, this every episode. Yeah, but but yesterday, cheap emoting at right wing back. Oh, for like <laughs> it's like I I I feel like three four three gets this really awful reputation of being like uh, it's awful. We you know it's in the same uh, light as man mark as um, zonal marking, but. Like you just need the players to play it. Um, we don't have that. So, but it's the fact that we can see, and we say this every week. Every Stoke fan says that, and yet management team are still there. Just let's just play the same thing. And I know that we 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 wanted uh, tactical consistency this year because last year that was the issue. It was flopping between all these different formations and tactics. But when it is so obvious that we don't have the right players for that system, surely it makes sense to revert to something we're more comfortable with and stick with that for a bit. If that's 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2, whatever, it, it surely makes more sense to have players play in a system that they feel comfortable playing in than it would be to have us keep forcing this issue with 3-4-3. What, what's happened to Josh Tymon? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. 
And and to, and Tom Edwards, bless him, he get he gets put on the bench yesterday. Meanwhile, we've dropped Saito Berahino down out of the squad entirely. We'll know that's come on to that little transfer catastrophe. But he's brought Tom Edwards, and they said this before the game. I think Mark Bowen said this to Radio he, State. He said, we're, we're bringing <coughs> uh, Edwards in because we're not sure about Juve, who's had a bit of a problem during the week. And if Juve goes off injured, we'll need to bring Edwards on because we need an actual right-sided defender. And then we play f- in Chupo there. <laughs> Mark Hughes has no faith in any young players like god like we got rid of tony pulis for this and like what mark hughes is supposed to be the person to come in and change things like i think it's quite <coughs> evident that it's all posturing and it's all just saying phrases to appease fan uh apathy or whatever towards like us not playing youth players because he has no intention of playing those players apart from games that he thinks are uh, dead rubbers like and he and we don't have any of those he's not going to play uh, Josh Simon and Tom Edwards in uh, mm. he, they're not going to play on Saturday they're not going to play he doesn't even Swansea. play the kids he doesn't even play the kids in the checker trade trophy which is <laughs> specifically designed for kids he plays Martins in crouching at him the thing with the, the thing with the kids though I feel like when he played Tom Edwards at Man City it was like he knew we were going to get a proper mm-hmm. beating and he was mm. like it's a sort of thing for him well I told you they weren't very good and but Tom Edwards was actually very yeah, good. Yeah, and this is this is the ironic <laughs> thing that he was arguably our best player on the pitch in that game. But because we lost seven two and we probably let seven goals in, he got injured. It's probably a thing for him to say, "Oh well, I told you they weren't ready, and look what you've done to him now. He's now injured." And it's that <laughs> it's that sort of mindset that he's probably got. But if the young players aren't good enough, don't name name them in the squad. Let them go and go and progress their careers. Because you look at Josh Tymon, he's still getting called up for England under 19 or under 20, I think it is. If he's getting called up for England, surely there's something about him that probably says to Mark Hughes, we need to be naming him in the squad, giving him some minutes, because he's obviously a good player. But if if he's not going to play him, just get rid and let him have some sort of career. Because if they're going to stay at Stoke, they're obviously not going to progress or play at all, pretty much. Yeah, you've got a similar situation now with Ngoy, where on the... The Friday night, he's not playing with the under-23 team in case he needs to hang around with the squad for the game on the Saturday. But he's not getting in the squad for the game on the Saturday. And now he's not playing any football at all, which is just Mm. ridiculous for a player at that stage in their career. He needs a loan moving. And there's probably countless others that could do as well. But we're we're kind of drifting drifting away. Uh, Back to Palace. Why is it always bloody Palace? We always do nothing there. And I, I hold my hands up. I was a idiot during the week in the Sentinels fan panel because I thought we'd win because I thought Palace are crap and I still maintain they are, they are but crap but they are crap yeah yeah but like, like you are you are right in that assessment Dave because they are the bottom of the league they're, 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 bad, they're a bad team it's just they've that... got empirical evidence to support that <laughs> exactly it's just that um, we happen to have the, the Mark Hughes factor which top trumps everything else so like can, can we blame Hughes entirely Mark Hughes didn't make Ryan Shawcross miss that chance, and if Ryan Shawcross scores that chance, we win that game. And it's the completely different tone of the podcast, right? But it, but I think if if Ryan Shawcross gets that goal and everything feels different, it is purely paper over cracks because there are serious problems there that are Mark Hughes' fault. And yeah, I understand you can't blame Mark Hughes for every single um, um, error, individual error that's happened, but. You say about empirical evidence about Palace being crap. We have two years of empirical evidence of Stoke City doing the same mistakes over and over again. And it has to be a point where you look at it and you're like, we have an issue 
in the club. And the, the, the first protocol there, unfortunately, is the manager. And I think it's a, it's a bigger problem than the result being a bad one. It's, we're just, we're just so boring, dull, and uninspired, <laughs> save for Shakiri. Some... We are so uncreative and are so limp and lifeless that you just don't want to watch us anymore. No, it's... I, I, I was trying to find a stream yesterday and it was a blessed relief I couldn't because all I was reading was that, <laughs> Shaq aside, we're creating for a call and we, and we, we, we just like, the, and everyone is saying about Liverpool on Tuesday, but, well, we'll just write that one off. And that's the stage we've we got into. Like, but we can't it's, it's afford a, it's to a write whole games Premier League fixture. And if you look at the the context of the season as a whole, what enjoyment have we got to look <coughs> forward to? We pissed a cup run up the wall. So <laughs> we, we'll probably we, do the same in the FA Cup. So we we don't even have that that little escape from this. Dr- it's so drudgery. Every it feels it feels like the same sort of situation we had in the last season of Pulis. I'm getting to the point where oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a really bad fan here, where I. I don't really want to watch the games because mm. I kind of know what's going to happen. And yep. it just becomes a bit... I saw someone tweet, actually, I can't remember who it was yesterday, that Stoke, it's becoming a chore for them to watch and they could be doing something else. And it's, it is getting to that point now and I don't know... The only way it'll, it's going to stop is by him going. And I think that was the same with Pulis and we're at the exact same situation. But I, I don't know when that would happen or what it would take for the board to do that. I think uh, SCFC Josh said on Twitter as well that if you look at our game so far this season, the 4-0 defeat at home to Chelsea isn't even in our top five most depressing games. We've, we've, we've been so poor consistently across the course of the season. And like, when was the last time we played really well in a match? <laughs> Arsenal the, the... maybe? But even when we play no. well, it's, it's by shithousing. It's by... Yeah by grinding results out. And if we want to be the team that grinds results out and, you know, wins the odd game 1-0 like Tony Pulis had, we haven't got the players to do that over the course of a season. That would be absolute madness to try and do that. That's what annoyed me about Brighton so much is that we're not built to sit and protect a lead or protect a draw. We need to be scoring goals. We need to be winning games (laughs) 3-2 if we want to stay up because our defence has gone to absolute pot. Oh, lads, I'm just so... It's just... It's the same things we keep talking about. We've got no wing-backs. The defence is crap. We're not creating enough. Yep. It's, it's starting to sound like the start of uh, Badil and Skinner's three lines. We're, we're not creative enough. We're not positive enough. I think it's bad news for the Stoke-on-Trent game. It's, it's just like... We've got Liverpool next, and then Swansea at home, I agree with you, Dave, is absolutely massive. And then uh, Wembley away. Yep, yeah, nice one. Oh, you're going yeah. to that, aren't you, as well? Yeah. Can't wait. Kind of glad I didn't get tickets. Not gonna lie. It's, yeah, yeah. Like it's just so utterly I think, depressing. I I think the thing that's making me angry more than anything about this at the moment is that we are so so bad, and it is so obvious for everyone to see that when the likes of Robbie Savage come yeah. again saying, "Well, what more do you want, Stoke fans?" I'd, I'd quite. I like want to enjoy. To be... I want to enjoy sport. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I I safely say. I do not enjoy at the moment. I, I, I think if if we didn't do this podcast, I don't know if I would sit and watch because there are a thousand things more entertaining than watching Stoke at the moment, and and that is really upsetting because we can't like some of the some of my favourite memories are from watching Stoke City play football, and right now I when you said that Dave about when was the last time Stoke played well, genuinely 
I think the last time I can think of Stoke playing well was the first 45 minutes against Sunderland away, and that was at the beginning of this year. Like, and against Sunderland. And against Sunderland, <laughs> who, as we can see now, are in an awful, awful situation. And I, and the worst thing is, it, it feels like Mark Hughes and, well, just the club in, in general, there is a bad, bad atmosphere around. And the... If you don't change that, then we're, we're going to get in a similar situation where you're just not going to be able to create a better atmosphere and, and do well. Like I genuinely don't feel that Mark Hughes or anyone in that t- in that management team can turn this around now because Mark Hughes is supposed to be this grand man uh, management person. <laughs> he's supposed to be able to motivate everyone. He, you know, he's the person who managed to get Jordan Shakiri to sign for Stoke, Bojan, these players who wouldn't have looked at Stoke many years ago. He he managed to convince them with all his ambition, but he they, they don't look motivated at the moment. They don't look like they have a clue what they're doing, and that you've got you've got to put that down to the management. Oh. We're worse than last season. Yeah, we are worse yeah. than last season. Hundred percent. It's it's like last season, except we've got no one out of it, and we're conceding more goals. And and I think the thing that I'm, I'm, oh the thing that <laughs> really makes me annoyed and is is the response you get from from some where it's well you just need to be positive just think positively and Ow. you know it almost and, and i can and i can understand that there is an argument to suggest a bit of positive vibes around a ground can carry a team forward but this idea that because people are rightly looking at the evidence and criticizing the faults that they are the reason the club and the team are failing. I think that is absolutely bloody ludicrous, and it it genuinely makes me annoyed to see such arguments. I don't, I don't blame people for trying to find positivity where they can. There's, I mean, I I want to be that fan. I want to be that positive fan who, like, even when we lose, you know, it's all right. Come on, it's only one game. We'll get back. We'll get back on it. But there's no evidence to suggest that because it's been two years of not doing that it's been two years of oh look crap look crap look crap lose lose draw draw oh we've got a win okay will we kick on for this win no will we heck we'll go back we'll go back to doing exactly what we've been doing just a cycle of just grinding out the win here and there that will keep using the job just long enough him to make a big money signing in the next transfer window just long enough for that signing to prove yeah. out to be crap just long enough so so we can get hammered against everyone in the top six and then oh right we've beaten Swansea 1-0 everything's fine again what were you worried about yeah it's that, just, uh, that's it's just not a way to support a football club it's not a way to enjoy sport is it I think that's probably going to be my prediction for Swansea to be honest because I, I can't I just feel like it, it. We are in that continual cycle of him getting that odd win, having that three-game unbeaten run that the social <laughs> media will put on. If we somehow manage to nick a point against Liverpool, and then if we magically get something at Spurs, that sort of three-game unbeaten run will just keep going, and this false sense of positivity. And it, it's just a bit strange because I just know that we will win against Swansea. It will be an 80th minute winner or something like that from Crouch and everything will be rosy again but I, d- I don't really know how we're going to we're going to stop this without being so crap and we're going to have to go on maybe a five game losing streak to end this because otherwise it'll just keep going in this recurring one win five loss cycle sort of thing we got going on uh, um 
let's uh, let's go to Charlie Adams Twitter. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you don't know if you look you saw this, lads. Uh, I think uh, it was a West Midlands football journalist or something tweeted about how well Glenn Whelan had played for Aston Villa uh, yesterday, and Charlie replied, "You don't realise how someone is and how good someone is until they have gone in a <laughs> kind of Joni Mitchell big yellow taxi cover." What do you think uh, of that? So oh. is, is is Charlie saying we miss Glenn Whelan, and do you oh. think that's true? Fuck Charlie! <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck like what? A, like it's oh, it's just so typical, like of that. Like I, I I have no evidence to support this, but it just feels like there is a a clique in that Stoke dressing room of these older British players who oh we we love our graft and passion, and yet oh well. Like, uh, not that Charlie Adam ever really shows to any much graft, but like, no, I'm sorry, we don't miss Glenn Whelan in this team. Haven't, haven't we just replaced Glenn Whelan with Darren Fletcher, though? Aren't they essentially the same thing? Because what Fletcher's showing, especially what he showed against Palace, he's looking the exact same player as to what Glenn Whelan was towards the end of last season. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, there um, is definitely an argument. I'm very disappointed in how Darren Fletcher's form has kind of fallen off a cliff after starting so brightly for um, and I, I don't think there's much between him and Whelan, save for the fact that Fletcher can pick a pass better. Uh, not that he's doing that too much lately, but I'd, I'd still rather have Fletcher in there than Whelan. It, it's, I mean, there's there's so many other problems in the team before we get to the midfield, but the midfield is one of, one of the main ones. And if you look, right, we'll, we'll talk about the Brighton game now, uh, where we twice went ahead Um Open the scoring through Chupo Moting playing up front, which isn't. It's like right, yes, he's he's scored, he scored a goal playing up front, but he's not a striker, no. and we're still playing him as striker. And I've completely <laughs> forgotten about this over the course of the episode, over the the, the many <laughs> tactical like confusing little things. It's just, it's just Chupo Moting is not a striker. He's not one at all. And we've got Crouch and Berahino. We've got Crouch on the bench who, when Crouch comes on, he does score. And it's like. Are we literally trying to put everyone in the team in a position they're not comfortable? Because we're getting pretty <laughs> close to it now, I think. But yeah, Chupo Moting does score. So there you go. Decision justified. Great ball from Shakiri once again, oh, pulling it's... it out the fire for us. Um, and then we concede <coughs> an absolutely crap goal. Go through Lee Grant. Then we get back ahead. Right before half time, right, bang, there you go. Kurt Zuma's <laughs> scored from a corner. The only thi- this is the only thing we're doing well at the moment is set pieces. They're the only th- situation where we look like a team with a sort of plan about us is from set pieces. And then we concede another crap goal where it walks through us. The ball's bouncing off Kevin Vimmer. Eric Peters is bloody nowhere. <laughs> Zuma, Zuma's not doing anything either. And it's Vimmer, lads, 18 million quid, what the hell's gone on? I, I'm I'm still really reluctant to like. He, right, he doesn't look good. He really doesn't look good. But like, I I maintain he's not a bad player because like I saw him when he was in Germany and he was a good player. That was why he got his big move to Spurs. Like, but but he, he yeah he is for whatever reason since moving to England it is not working out for him and I don't think it helps that he is in a team that clearly doesn't practice in the defensive. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's time to really like decide whether he is good or bad. I don't I think we still need to give him a, a few more games, but maybe 
the solution is um, swapping with the guy on the bench who was arguably our best player last season that can't <laughs> get a game and would maybe sort out our defensive problem. Give him a game because we haven't given him that much time since he's come back in. And you've got to get. I, I'd love to know what's going on in Bruno's head because he's got to be thinking, how can I not get a game in this defence? And with a player like Kevin Vimmer, if we're questioning him, drop him for a couple of games. It's not that difficult. I think he's trying to justify the transfer fee because we paid so much money for him. Just mm. drop him for a few games and give Bruno a couple of games and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, revert back to it. But I don't think we can go on with him in the centre of defence. Can, we've conceded on average two goals every game this season. So. Which is absolutely insane. Like, yeah. Like there, there is no question that you continue this form through the rest of the go down. Like something has to give. Either they have to. I, I thought it was ri- like. Did you see the Mark Hughes comments midweek versus Mark Hughes comments yes yesterday, where he said that, oh, you know, I think we've looked on the whole defensively solid in the last few games, and then. After the Palace game, he comes out and says, "Yeah, well, we've looked a bit sh- a bit shabby in defence for a while now." Like, well, you, you, which one? Which one are you going with, Mark? Because we, like, I, I just, I hope that he like takes those words as true and is like, we need to sort this defence out because, yeah, like you say, two goals, averaging two goals a game, we can't continue. Um, I've just seen on Twitter now, Pete Smith has uh, posed a question that Robbie Savage. Our mate uh, posed on six oh six last night. As a Stoke fan, what would you be happy with? Um, and there's a there's a brilliant response here that just kind of uh, sums up like like the attitude of of some fans, and I and I can't quite just wrap my head around it. Um, yeah, I'd I'd be happy to bin off the so called fans who are forever negative about anything Stoke try to do. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing. We're playing a complete new system this year, which isn't working great at the moment. He admits that. But people don't understand. It takes time and we have to be patient. But it's the end of November. He's yeah. had plenty. It's like, like nearly three months now that we've been playing this system and it's not worked. Like, How I much more time does he want? I completely accept that there there is a time to be patient and that you need to let things bed in. If there were concrete signs that we are clearly working on this system and you're seeing improvements players are getting more used to this system but that's not happening what's actually happening is we look like we're getting worse we look like we aren't practicing it like i don't i don't understand how people can still like think like this and i don't get it like watch the games of football like there we are we are terrible and ah <laughs> yeah I I think pretty soon the podcast will just be screaming uh, in into the <laughs> into the void. It's just like the, like even even if I I want to try and see it from their point of view and like be rational about it and like look at things objective and understand <laughs> that yes things do take time and yeah we can't always be reactionary like. For me, for me personally, this has built up over the last two seasons. Like, like it's only at this point now where I am fully in like camp Hughes out, regardless of what happens. Like, I was, I'm, I was so willing to let him turn it around in the summer because I wanted him to do well. And it, I, I would accept that if this new system, like we we just tried something new this season and yeah it's not going as well but blah de blah de blah but it's the same problems like 
over and over again. It's that definition of uh, <laughs> what's it in, in insanity. insanity? Yeah, repeating the same things over and over again and hoping for different results. It, it's it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. <laughs> Is there anything positive to talk about? <laughs> right, I was just I was just gonna say like the biggest. I I I've I've completely like lost track of any kind of argument to keep Hughes that isn't who do you get in then because mm. that's it that's the only thing keeping in his job the suggestion that there's no one out there that's the only reason that he's still manager for me because what what are his what are his actual strengths as a manager now is it making high profile signing we can write that off now right off recruitment yeah recruitment <laughs> yeah. yeah if you look at our, our recruitment recently certainly say for Shakiri, everyone we sign over over about 10 million quid turns out to be absolute garbage we, we, we've spent 18 million on Abula 18 million on women 12 million on Berahino Berahino also not on the bench um, I mean that's a tacit admission that someone who we spent months years even chasing is not good enough that's a, he's a lost cause I cannot see Berahino getting back in the side, uh, rightly or wrongly. But the the if if and when Hughes goes, the recruitment team have to go with it because mm. we we can't afford to be making these mistakes. How, how often do we sign a player over about ten million quids twice a season at most? And and these that... these are the guys we need to elevate us to the next level, and they've regressed us. I think that's the that's the biggest issue that faces the club in that decision. In that, I think now is the perfect time to take take Mark Hughes out, not kill him. That'd be bad. <laughs> I'm not advocating that, um, but it now would be the right time for him to uh, go because it gives us a few weeks. It gives us December essentially to get a new person in and have some form of a plan going into January into the January window. Now obviously it's not the best window to operate in. Prices are already inflated and they go up more in the winter window. Um and it's not a good time to um but I don't think our current squad is the actual problem. If a new manager comes in and didn't have money to spend, no, no, I, I would, I wouldn't see that as like, oh, disaster. No, but but a, a new manager coming in would presumably like identify the midfield as a weakness and be like, actually, yeah. I think we could do with one or two players. I'm not saying a wholesale change of the squad because I don't believe we need it. Um, I mean, the question then extends to if you get rid of the whole transfer team, which I do. You know what? I do agree with. If you do that at the same time, assembling an entire backroom staff in such a short period of time and then still being able to operate in January and save this season, it's you're asking a... You need to get that recruitment spot on. And I think that is more the fear for the, for, for fans who who side on the, well, who are we, who are we going to get? It's that idea of we, we <coughs> would need to get it so spot on. I know I saw an argument someone put out about, oh, well, let's just get big salmon to the end of the season and whilst i'm not like overly keen on that idea i think if if it gets any worse and we are in a relegation fight getting sam allardyce in to save the season until the end and using those months in between to get the perfect backroom staff that would be the a very good thing for the team yeah in in kind of in kind of summary then uh i i feel i feel like i've kind of this is what Stoke do to me, lads. It's like they've they've absolutely just shot my brain with a gun. It's just and my thoughts are just all over the place at the moment, and I've I found it hard to really kind of sum up everything I feel is wrong because there's just so many like individual things, individual tactical mistakes, individual transfer mistakes, individual things he said 
that have just wound me up to this point and it's not a case of we lost to Crystal Palace in the last minute as annoying as that was that result on its own in isolation you can deal with what what is what it was symptomatic of though was two years of gradual decline in the standard of football which is which has made genuine like cut them open and they breed bleed red and white stoke fans not want to go anymore it's the results which have got worse it's the defending that has got worse it's it's taking something that he had built to a good reasonable standard and completely reversing the ambition of the club it's been a complete role reversal we were a ninth place team who had good players looked like they had a plan on the pitch and despite spending more money and despite the overwhelming positive feeling about those ninth place finishes we should have been saying right we're establishing the top 10 now let's have a go at Europe and if we fail at that you know what fine because it's an unfair league that's just Premier League football but what has happened is we've allowed ourselves to slip down the table to accept crap football to accept crap signing to accept players being played out of position because it's a means to an end and we're just accepting this for no other reason than we're still in the Premier League at the moment And Mark Hughes' own ambitions. This is a guy who was being touted as the next Man United manager one day. He, He was like one of the hottest young managers in the game. And he's gone from saying, we want Europe, to we probably won't go down. That'll be fine. And we might now. We might go down now. Unless something seriously drastic happens. And I hate saying that. Because, for God's sake, we know we are so much better than this. Yeah, I think I think with that sort of um, mentality on acceptance going into Liverpool on Wednesday, like I haven't really thought about possible outcomes. I've already reverted to the acceptance of that we're going to lose. It's just a case of how many now. And teams like Liverpool, people are going to probably say that yeah, we should be expecting to lose against Liverpool. But in previous years, even with Hughes, we've given them a game, and it's getting to that point now where we're going to turn up and not even try and get something. Yep. And this this is the problem where we should be prioritising games against Swansea, but there's no reason why we can't get anything against Liverpool. But the way his mentality is at the moment, it is now a case of how many rather than how many points can we get against Liverpool. We're just absolutely scared. Everyone just seems scared at the moment. The fans are scared that these like bad results will continue when we get really sucked into the bottom three. Hughes is scared... Of Brighton's a prime example. He's scared to go for the win, and then, th- then we, then that means we end up do going for the win at Palace and ends up playing Chupo at right wing back. And he's he's scared that just, just I don't. He's he's scared of what we used to be. Almost we're scared of too much flair on the pitch. We're scared of being too positive and proactive and playing players in the right bloody position. He's scared. The, the players seem scared to make mistakes. I mean, which means when you play with that fear, you end up making more mistakes. And it's just a whole atmosphere around the club now. It's just it's just horrible. Yep, I think that sums it up very, very well, I'm, Dave. I'm desperately trying to find something to to be positive about. I'm des- I'm, I, I just love something to... Like, I just, I just want to say it won't be that bad. I want to say, right, you know, no matter how bad we were against... Palace or Brighton, no matter how bad our overall form, no matter how bad our long-term form, well, at least, you know, we won't go down. But I'm not sure about that now. Palace are crap. They're proper crap. <laughs> We've essentially what? given Palace the springboard now for yeah. them to be 
oh, we can stay up now. If we're beating the teams around us, why can't they mm. stay up? When a couple of weeks ago, like you're saying, they were done for. Yeah. They were by far the worst team in the league. And typical Stoke, we do this every single season. We give a team the springboard to go and improve their season whilst making ours worse. Nice for Roy Hodgson, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's a positive. I'm amazed he didn't put Christian Benteke on corners. <laughs> oh bloody hell! Football, mm. eh? Football, what a sport! I mean, yeah, at least the Ashes is going really well, so we can concentrate on that. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it about it from us. I think we we seem a bit talked out at the moment. I think we've got everything off our chest that we needed to. Um, <laughs> Uh, next week we will be back and hopefully have the uh, marvellous chat that we kind of teased you with uh, a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. Uh, hopefully get some a star of that uh, film on the podcast, which would be great. Um, Gary Lineker. Yes, Gary Lineker will be on the pod. Um, so, yeah, look out for that next week where we will be reviewing those two uh, games against Liverpool and Swansea and just praying... Just bloody praying. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for coming on again, Dave Crowther Green. It's been it, yeah, it's been a fun time. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now more than ever, go on Stoke. Thank you for listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. If you like what you hear and have not done so already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Acast, or wherever you got your podcasts from. Like us a lot? Then please tell your friends and family about us, or even leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help the podcast grow. You can follow the pod at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Wizards of Drivel, and subscribe for all extra podcasts at patreon.com. Thanks once again for listening. Go on, Stoke.